The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Sixer Sense Podcast, hosted by co-site experts, Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Uriah here. Welcome back guys, hope the midweek is treating you guys well. Yeah, yeah, it's treating me well, how about y'all? I'm loving the summer league play, at least the first game, there's a lot more basketball to play in the next couple of uh, couple of days, so... Yeah, it's looking good on the Sixers end with the young players. Yeah, the summer league's fun, and sadly, I have to start going back to work now because school's uh, starting up in my area kind of early. But let's go. Uriah mentioned summer league, and Chris, let's just jump right into that. Alrighty, uh, we can talk about the Sixers' first summer league game, which took place on the ninth. Um, they beat Dallas pretty handedly. It was not a very close game at any point. The Mavs had like one sort of NBA player on the roster and Tyrell Terry. The Sixers were basically running out five NBA players with a couple off the bench. So it was a pretty lopsided game. 95-73 was the final score, Lucas. What were some of your main takeaways? Well, I guess my number one is that my boy Max is looking real good, but we'll talk about him later. Uh, Isaiah Joe was firing on all cylinders. Love that. And uh, Jared Springer looked like an eight, uh, 19-year-old rookie. That, that's, I mean, I'll let you talk about your main boy because I know you want to talk about him. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, man, Paul Reed, what a guy. Um, very, <laughs> weird, very weird game from him. I don't know if he was good, but he was certainly impactful. Um, nine points, eight boards, Three steals, four blocks, I believe, was the final line. Uh, had a lot of crazy defensive plays in the second half. Um, I, I expect more from him in, in the next four games, so I'm, I'm excited on that front. Isaiah Joe kind of had a quiet second half, but, you know, 15 first-half points, five, four or five made threes. Looked really good out there. Looked like a guy who could maybe fight for rotation minutes. Obviously, we can't make any sweeping statements after one summer league game, but like the three guys who have been around the block once, Maxi, Joe, and Reed, all look pretty good. Um, so there's a lot to like there. I think Springer really settled down in the second half, uh, scored most of his points after halftime, played some really good defense all game. The offense, you know, took a minute to get going, but he's going to hang his hat on defense early on, and he, he 
more than did that on on Monday. So not a lot to complain there. Um, I mean, yeah, look, Maxi hit some crazy pull up threes. Looks to be getting better where he needs to be getting better. So I, I don't know how much more we're going to see out of him in summer league. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But really strong first game from him. So, so Lucas, let's just talk about what we do expect moving forward here in Summer League. Three more games that we already know of, Atlanta, Dallas, Boston, and then a fifth game against an opponent we don't know yet. If the Sixers can carry on this momentum, maybe they're in the playing for the championship. Um, that's maybe looking too far ahead, though. What do you expect for the rest of the Summer League run? Well, I expect guys like Isaiah Joe and Paul Reed and Jaden Springer to get a lot more action. I'm really interested to see the development of Philip. Uh, I'm not going to even try to pronounce that last name. Petrusev. Thank you, Petrusev, because um, he looked good as a rim protector in that first game. Uh, so I, I would like to see what he can do more, especially on the offensive end, and if he can keep up that defensive tenacity, because I wasn't expecting him – to come in as a defensive anchor, you know, most European guys, you think of a more of an offensive type of guy, but he he's impressed on the defensive end so far. So I kind of expect that to continue. Um, and then outside of that, I would like to see more of um, the G league Ignite player that's on the team. What's his name again? Can't remember off the top of my head. Um, yeah. Deshaun Nix. I, 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 I hope to see more of him moving forward as well. But I, like you said, there, there's a lot of NBA experience already on this summer league roster. And I all three of them to continue to play at a high level. And there's a chance, and I believe it was Paul Reed or Tyrese Maxey saying that their goal is to win a summer league title. And I think that's totally possible. I, I agree, especially if Maxey keeps playing. He's one of those guys who's probably just too good to be there. Um, I apologize for my dog going ballistic in the background, if anyone can hear that. but Now I can't. I wasn't listening to it before, but now <laughs> I can't. Uh, yeah, look, I mean, the Sixers have a lot of talent on this team relative to Summer League. Uh, I, I look forward to more offensive showcases from Paul Reed. I think he struggled a lot on that end in this game. Didn't really get to the spots he wanted to get to. Clogged up a few possessions. I'm hoping he'll look better in the future on that end. He did just about everything he could ask for on defense. Um, you mentioned Petrusev. Like, he, he didn't look good protecting the rim. He, like, swatted three shots back to the three-point line. It was pretty remarkable. I don't know if that's something we can expect in the NBA whenever he does end up on the team. but I think there's potential there. Yeah, I mean, he's not, like, some world-class athlete, but he, he, he certainly you know, is a guy who clearly wants to be with the team next season, probably isn't going to get to be. Uh, but he, he played like he was trying to prove a point. So I, I'm excited to see more from him. I I like him quite a bit. I, I had him ranked higher than Charles Bassey on my, my big board. So there's a lot to like there. And, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited for these games. We get to play Atlanta at some point. So Sharif Cooper can embarrass us too. And, uh that would be a fun battle between Sharif and Maxi. I think that would be a, a, a like a high level battle between those two because I think those that would be a fun back and forth. Yeah, look, I mean, this summer league is is going pretty well for me so far. I mean, Kai Jones has like the dunk of the year already. Alperin Shangun is like going to win summer league MVP. 
We have Sharif Cooper just tearing holes through every team he goes up against. It's really like my brand is strong right now. So side side note, Sharif Cooper, five of nine from three point line against um I believe it was who did they play last night? The Bulls? No, uh, not Indiana. Bulls. Indiana, yeah. Yeah. That was I saw that game one or two live. That was that was impressive. Yeah. It, it's a it's a strong showing for, for my guys. <laughs> Attention Sixers fans across the galaxy, all the way from Australia to Houston. Do we have a grooming problem? If so, our friends at Manscaped have cleared you for takeoff with a brand new Lawnmower 4.0. Thanks to the Manscaped trimmer, your astronaut helmets will be nice and smooth, and they'll feel like they're in zero gravity when you use the best tools for the job. With the fourth generation trimmer that features a cutting edge ceramic blade, you'll reduce grooming accidents due to their advanced skin-safe technology. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. Again, that's manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. And now, back to the podcast. All right, so... Let's talk about Maxi Stealing here, Chris. Um, do you think that if the Sixers include Maxi in a trade to get Damian Lillard, that they will regret it in the future? Uh, no. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. Look, I, I love Tyrese as much as the next guy, but uh, you are trying to win right now, and you're trying to maximize Joel Embiid's ceiling, and Damian Lillard for the next three, four, five seasons at least, is going to be a better player than Tyrese Maxey. Uh, you know, Lillard is a top 10 player in the NBA. He, he's like a true bona fide superstar. Maxey's great. There's a lot of potential there. But if you can get Dame Lillard, you have maybe the best one-two punch in basketball, one of them at least, up there with like KD and James Harden and LeBron and AD, like one that's right on that level. So... If you can get Dame Lillard, you have to do it. Uh, it would it sting maybe to see Maxi make an All Star game seven years down the line? Sure, but look, even if Maxi becomes an All Star in Portland and the Sixers never quite get over the hump and win a championship, you you have to go for it. Like like you have to take the leap with someone like Dame Lillard. So I I don't think there's any way they could end up regretting it. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you for all the reasons that you said. It's Dame Lillard. It's Dame time. Like the guy's box office, he gives gives you probably the best chance out of anybody that's re, that the Sixers could reasonably acquire this, you know, with Ben Simmons being on the block to win a championship. It's not Bradley Beal. It's not anybody else. It's Dame Lillard. This guy's clutch. He can carry an offense by himself, but he won't have to because Joel Embiid is a monster. And I think it's just going to do a lot of good things for the Sixers if those two can share a court together at some point this season. Um, now, let me ask you this, Chris. If Maxi somehow stays, whether, you know, Ben Ben doesn't get traded or, you know, they trade for, like, say, Bradley Beal or, you know, Damian Lillard does come, but Maxi gets to stay as a backup. Do you think he still makes a big leap in production this season? Well, I mean, I think it would – depend in the sense that if it does end up being that Lillard's here and he is he probably won't get quite as many opportunities but 
assuming they aren't on the same team next year, which seems unlikely, I think it would take Maxi to get Lillard. Um, then yeah, I, I mean, most people take a big leap in their second season. That's pretty standard for talented young guys, and Maxi has certainly proven that he's a talented young guy. Um, his work ethic is pretty much, you know, the cream of the crop. I don't think anyone on this team, you know, has quite as public a work ethic as Maxi. You know, it's something that people talk about quite a lot with him. So he's clearly working and doing what it takes to get better. And yeah, look, I mean, he has a skill set that the Sixers lack. He's pretty much the only guy who can put like consistent pressure on the rim in the half court as far as guards go. So the Sixers need him a lot. They need him to be at least the best player off the bench next season if they want like a, a consistently useful bench unit. So uh, I, I do expect a pretty big step forward from him. Well, two things. First off, I'm going to ask you this. When you say that you think Maxi needs to best be the best bench player, does that mean you think he should be be able to be a better player than a guy like Andre Drummond? Is that what you're saying? Or just best guard off the bench? All right, like, guys, Drummond's going to play 15 minutes a game, and that's like the cap. He, he can't play with Embiid, so... Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying... I'm just saying, like, in terms of overall talent, or do you think that he can be more talented than Drummond next season? I mean, look, sure, Drummond's not, like, that great a player. He's pretty Mm -hmm. flawed. Maxi should be the most productive and the most useful bench piece on the team next year. Like, Drummond, maybe on a per-minutes basis, if you get peak Drummond, he's going to be better. But Maxi's going to be, hopefully, playing, like, 10 more minutes each night. So, okay, I'm more concerned about, yeah. Yeah, real quick, so Chris... I understand that the past season and a half that Drummond has dropped off somewhat with his production. Just want to remind everybody, he's only 27 years old. Actually, he, he turned 28 like yesterday. Well, two days oh, ago. Wow. of course, you would bring <laughs> that up. So accurate you are. All right, he's 28 years old. He's made multiple all-star appearances, and he led the league in rebounding I don't know how many times, but uh, four but, out of the past six seasons. And he, I think he led the league in defensive rating uh, several times. So let's not sleep on his his track record. It's not like he's just some bum. Well, he's not a world beater according, defensively, but he is good defensively. According to Joel, he's he's been a bum in the past, but he's he's still got some yeah. some left in his tank. Yeah, I mean, my general point though is like he can't play with Embiid and the guys who can play with Embiid are inherently probably going to be the most valuable bench pieces. Like there are going to be nights where Drummond starts because Embiid has to sit some games and, and maybe on those nights, you know, the answer to that question changes. But generally speaking, if Maxi isn't like the most prominent bench player next season, if the most prominent bench contributor for Philly next season is Andre Drummond, then I, I think they're probably in a pretty tough spot. So, yeah, I, I, I figure that's what you meant. I just wanted to clarify that you're not talking in terms of overall talent, but in terms of overall role and impact. That's what I wanted to make sure on. Yeah. Um, but uh, to um, to go back to the point, uh, I think Maxi takes a leap regardless next year. Um, how big of a leap? Like you said, it does depend if Lillard's here. I think him and Lillard can share the court a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. So... I still think he could get around like 18, 19 minutes a game for sure. I mean, 18, 20 minutes a game versus if, you know, if, you know, 
it's not Lillard. Let's just say for argument's sake, it's Beal. I don't think it will be, but you know, let's say it's Beal. Um, then he can still start next to the Beal, and I would really like that comp. I mean, I don't know but, if you're going to keep Maxi for getting Beal either. Well, I mean, I think it's more. You can make a stronger case for it, but any my point being is this: is that I think Maxi's going to make a leap next year. I think he's going to average at least fourteen points a game next year. I I think that's that's realistic because we saw that's what happened. High. That's kind of high there, buddy. You think so? I think nah, so. I think that's perfect. I think that's perfect because Shake Milton, despite not having a three point shot, still averaged thirteen points a game last year coming off the bench. So. No, I don't think it's unrealistic. I mean, the guy, when given consistent minutes, if he's getting 24 minutes a game, let's just say for argument, say 24-25, he's going to take at least 10 shots, if not more. Well, Chris, what do you think? Is over under 14 points for Maxi if he stays? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it's possible. I, I'm gonna wait and see to you know, let's just make sure Doc actually plays him first. But assuming he is like the sixth man, which he should be, he's the best player right. on the bench. I agree. Uh then yeah, I mean fourteen's possible. That that's reasonable. I, I think he will take a step forward. Um, but you know, I don't know if you can say with absolute certainty that he's gonna be averaging the third most points on the team or something. We'll, we'll, well i guess it kind of depends on and i guess we can bring this up it's not on the agenda but it depends on what type of leap is seth curry going to take because i expect him to make a leap this year because the playoffs showed us something that we've never really seen from seth before an aggressive seth curry looking for his shots can we see that during the regular season i think we can and if that's the case is it unrealistic to expect curry to average like 16 to 18 points next season um, I mean, again, it's possible, but, you know, he's 30 years old. I don't know if that's at that point you can, like, be earnestly expecting a leap. Well, I mean, um, not in terms of, like, talent or, like, skill, but I'm talking, about, like, overall production. I get it, but, like, you have to consider that part of the reason he was taking so many shots is because Ben and Tobias kind of fell off the face of the earth at the end of that series. But Tobias had one bad game. He played solid the rest of the time. Sure, but I, I guess. But not, like, what Curry, about Curry has never taken that volume of threes in a regular season before. He's been pretty consistent the past few years, like around twelve points a game in four or five threes, depending on the minutes he's getting. Like, like I think that's just about where he is as a player. Um, like he had a great series against Atlanta. Don't get me wrong, and I think he's a really tremendous like role player overall. But I don't know if I would say he's going to average eighteen a game next year, just because I don't know if he's going to keep that up. What do you think, Uri? Do you think it's possible? I mean, he showed us something really special in the playoffs. If he's willing to shoot as much, and he has green light. I think he could. I really do. Well, I do think, I think he definitely has the green light I, to do it. I, I think, think the other thing is he was shooting 60% from three in the playoffs. He's a great shooter. That's not going to happen for an entire regular season. But wait, season. Chris, for the first, I guess, 20 games of the season, he was shooting over 50% from three. So he was. was it wasn't until that uh, like a new COVID. Thing. Yeah, it wasn't until COVID. And, yeah. and he averaged 12 a game for the season. Yeah, because he was injured and he had COVID, yeah. recovering from COVID. Okay, but this is, again, like consistent with his entire career. We're, it's not like a fluke. We're going off his entire career's 
body of work. He's like a 12-point-per-game scorer. And he's 30. So unless we're expecting a, a big leap at age 31, which has happened before, you've seen J.J. Redick do it, but it, it's kind of not common. I, he's, I never played, he's never played with a guy like Embiid who really draws defenders in the paint which leaves mm-hmm. him more open. Yes. Plus you had plus he's there with plus he was there with Danny Green and Tobias. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he did it again. And he has played with like Luca and Dame though. Like he's played with other gravitational Okay, but in Portland he didn't play that much, to be right. fair. Right. He was a but Luca, I get, I will take, I'll give you that. But Portland, he was not getting he played fit. like twenty four a game. I mean, he, it wasn't like he wasn't on the floor. Yeah, but his role wasn't the same. And any, but I get what you're saying. Um, so let's. Uh, my I got one more question about Maxi, and we'll move on. Um, so Chris, should the Sixers sit Maxi the rest of the summer league to prevent injury? Should they? Should he be a major factor in a Simmons trade? Um, I mean, I think there's reason to sit him even if you don't think he's going to be a factor in a trade, just because you he doesn't really need to be there at this point. But like selfishly, would it be cool if he played the whole way and they won the title or whatever? Like, yeah, that'd be fun. Not that a summer league championship means anything, but like, yeah, they probably should sit him. Like, he's just too good to be there. Get some extra minutes for the Aaron Henrys and the Deshaun Nixes of the world. Uh, that that would make sense, but I I mean I don't know. I I'd like to see him keep playing, but that doesn't mean that's what they should do. Hey Lucas, a yes. summer, summer league championship means about as much as a fantasy basketball league championship. During, oh, I totally COVID, agree that. During, oh yeah, during COVID. But oh yeah, anyway. totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. If it means that much, <laughs> then you should definitely keep playing. <laughs> Anyway, so Chris, I'm actually going to take the opposite opinion. I think he should continue to play, and there's two there's two reasons why. Let's say he is a big factor for the uh, Damian Lillard trade. Don't you want to show off how much more he's improved during the summer league to bring up his value more? I mean, so, I, so I would I would hope that Portland's not stupid enough to base their trade. They have Michael Daniel Beasley on their summer league team. Of course, they're that stupid. That's not stupid. That's just we don't have any prospects. Let's see if these vets are good enough to play still. Uh, anyway. Like, look, Portland's front office is not like the standard that everyone in the league should follow. But if they don't like what they've seen from Maxi so far, I don't think four summer league games is going to change their mind. That well, no, I, th- I think there is value there. But let's just say, on the other hand, that they don't, uh, that, that he's not a big factor. He should still play. Because this is still good to play. You know, the best way you improve is playing. And the best way to gauge how much Maxi's improved is to see he's playing. Granted, it's against lesser talent. But it gives the Sixers a gauge of what they should expect of him going into training camp. So either way, I think he should play. He's young. He's not proven to not be healthy. And granted, yeah, he's going to dominate. But why not let him? There's... what, you're going to tell him, oh, you're too good, so we don't want you to play anymore. No, don't put that type of mindset in his head. Just let him keep on working. He likes to work. He likes to play. Let the guy keep on playing. I mean, sure. Yeah, that's fine with me. I'm not, like, saying you have to bench him. But, um, I mean, is, he, is the development time for him really worth it? like the risk of injury at this point? I, I think that's a fair question because he, he's just clearly too good to be there. He's 
going to continue to kick butt because he's better than just about everyone in Vegas right now. Well, I mean, like, how many people actually get, like, major injuries in summer league? You just jinxed us. Darn it, Lucas. I mean, you should have never said that, man. You should have never said it. Chris, for once, yeah. I agree with you. I He is too good to be there. I would not risk him. I mean, you just never know on a fluke play, just going up for a dunk yeah, like, or these anything. Are, these are full-speed basketball games with guys competing for their careers. Exactly. It's not like they're going half speed. Like I mean, and, and you know what? Look at Zaire Smith. He, oh, he almost died because of sesame seeds. I mean, like... That has nothing to do with But, this. like, injury could happen anywhere. That's my point. I agree, but that doesn't mean you have to put them in as many positions of risk as possible. For you a can minute, I mean, if risk. For a minute, you Lucas... honestly think, do you, do you honestly think Tyrese Maxey wants to sit? Uh, who cares? No, no. Joel, he doesn't want it. No, that's the whole thing we went through with Joel is that he took too many risks and wanted to play when he probably shouldn't have been playing, like, Sometimes you have to protect guys from themselves. So but he's not injured. You protect guys that get injured. He's not injured. You know I what? Chris has a point. That you, you have to protect guys from themselves. And I follow Tyrese Maxey on Twitter and on Facebook. He's a very proud player in terms of his development and where he's come from. I think he's going to play 110% all the way out, even if he's in the fourth quarter of, of a summer league game. I, I wouldn't risk him because he's going to be an important piece if we get rid of that. Or if he stays, or if Maxi stays, gosh, everybody's like, oh, let's just ship off Maxi. Gosh, no, not if you have, if you don't have to, don't. That's, that's the no. exact opposite of what Uriah just said. No, I'm saying, like, no, he's, he's important. Oh, you're saying if he stay. Okay, sorry. I was thinking of, oh, well, he's an important piece to a trade for, with Ben Simmons. Anyway. All right. Well, we're get, I'm getting too caught up on this subject. Let's <laughs> let's go ahead and switch gears, right, Chris? Uh, I, I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. We're gonna talk about Ben because we have to. Um, according to Kendrick Perkins, <laughs> Simmons is so done with the Sixers he would not report to training camp until he's traded. Um, if that's true, Lucas, how do you feel about that stance? I'm expecting it to be honest. I'm expecting it. I wrote something even before I saw that Perkins uh, video about how this could get worse and that could be one of the possible outcomes. He could pull James Harden coming out of shape, I doubt, but you know, he could, or he could just sit out, which I could see because Ben is so stuck in his head that he thinks that he's all this and he's good. I'm not saying that he's not good, but based off the reports that we are hearing, he thinks he has some sort of leverage or some sort of right, and he does not. He does not. And I, I, I'm I, expecting this to happen. I am expecting it. I hope it doesn't, but I am expecting it. Because if they don't trade him, I, based off of what we've seen from Ben's being so stubborn about the jumps, you know, working on the jump shot, using the jump shot in the game, or even improving his free throws... I expect him to be stubborn enough to sit out. I, I'm expecting it. That's how I feel. I expect it. Uh, yeah, I think there's a totally possible... It's totally possible that Ben just sits out until he gets traded, whether that's in a week or at the trade deadline. Like, that's totally possible. It, it's happened before where he probably just doesn't want to be around the team anymore. And, like, 
I'm as fed up with Ben as anyone. I'm ready to like cover a different point guard who isn't quite as frustrating. Tyrus uh, Maxey. Yeah, like even <laughs> if we do look at it from Ben's perspective, right? And I'm not saying he's blameless. I'm not saying he isn't at fault for being in this situation. Obviously, a lot of this is on him. But the team has actively tried to trade him for James Harden. And then this summer has been trying to trade him all summer. So he's been in trade rumors multiple times now. Even if we say Joel didn't throw him under the bus, Doc Rivers very clearly did throw him under the bus after game seven. Deserving Mm -hmm. or not, his coach and maybe teammates threw him under the bus. And the entire city hates his guts. Like, why the heck would he want to come back? Like, I understand that he, like, played poorly and that a lot of the fans are rightfully upset with how he performed. I get that. But, uh, like, from, like, the human element, I can get why he wouldn't want to come back to Philly or, like, express his undying devotion to the franchise when they Mm -hmm. don't have that same devotion in him. They're truly trying to get rid of him. So I, I get it from that perspective. But, like, I, yeah. if he wants to go and the Sixers are trying to, you know, get him gone, then he probably shouldn't show up to be in the locker room next year because I don't know how much good that would do. Yeah. So and, there's and, a chance that that's just the right thing mm-hmm. to do is to just sit him out, let him yeah. work out and train at home until he gets traded. Yeah. Like, in, I don't disagree with you. You, you. From the human side of this, yeah, who wants to go back to a job that clearly doesn't want him there or in a place that in a city that doesn't want him there? And part of the in like it's all self brought on, let's be clear. It's all self brought on. He brought it on himself, but I don't think he realizes that. And I think that's the issue there. That's this un you know, not being self aware of okay. how his... like that's fair, but that yeah. is also like just projection. We don't actually know what's yeah it. yeah but i mean granted like, this is all if i had to venture a guess ben does not think he played a great series like uh-huh. i don't think ben is sitting at home like man i was so good in that atlanta series i don't know why i'm in like i don't think that's where ben's at but whoa, why do you but... whoa, whoa hold on hold on i think lucas brought it up before i am who i am and it is what it is. it is and then in that press conference after the game he said to whoever is in the room with him how many points did trey young have and how many assists did I have? So he's trying to diminish, you know, his poor play. Okay, for but that's what he, what he, that's so fair. that right there is initially defense. he's, he's in his own head. He's in his own bubble. He's unaware. That only goes so far. He, he's not stupid. Like Ben's not an idiot. I mean, are you sure? Cause he's working out with Rajon Rondo with his, about his three pointer. Everyone in the league is working out with Chris Johnson right now. If you like follow his Instagram account, Tyrese Maxey's working out with the same guy. If we want to get into who's training with who, like Maxey's yeah. in the same gym. Yeah, I mean, I know. I'm, I'm, te- that was me partially teasing, but no, and I get what you guys are saying, and, and it's not wrong. Like, like I said, it's, it's self brought on. He's in denial on some level of it, Chris. I'm not saying that he's in complete denial, but he's definitely in some level of denial here. I think that's yeah, very clear. Sure. Like, yeah. Ben is clearly a very flawed person and a very flawed player. And the mm-hmm. Sixers have every right to try to trade him. But he also has every right to, like, not want to come back at that point. Uh, yeah, and I'm not saying, but here's the thing, Chris. He signed a contract. Ooh. Ouch. He signed a contract Ouch. saying that on a on – a con- how, how many millions? <laughs> about eight, $180 million reasons for him to say, hey – I'm going to show up for work. Now, if the Sixers ask him not to show up, which I think they should do, 
pull what they did with Andre Drummond, I think the Sixers should not ask him to come back because I think that would be smart. Look, if but if they ask him to come back, he has to come back. That is his legal obligation. If he does not show up, okay. he, has, he has the right money off that contract. And I believe, if if I'm not wrong, maybe this is the NFL. But if he doesn't show up, maybe that contract year doesn't count. If yeah. I if I I'm, if I, I I could be wrong, that could be the NFL. It's either one of the two leagues that if you don't show up for work, you know, if you don't show up for the season. That season, you just won't get paid, and you, you know, that it won't take years off your contract. Yeah, guys, obviously Ben's not going to let that happen. If the Sixers yeah. come out and say we're not going to trade you at all, you're going to be here the whole season, then he'll show up. But right now, they're very clearly trying to trade him to any team who will pay the right price. No, so, no, they're trying to trade him to Portland. They're so not listen, trying to trade him to any team. Hey, they're Lucas, trying to trade him to Portland. Speaking of Portland, Ben <laughs> should feel happy about this because the Portland Trailblazers' new coach, Chauncey Billups, former NBA Finals MVP, he said, quote, I'm not one of those coaches that wants to shoot all threes and get up 53s. I don't believe in that. So Ben Simmons... You might like your new yeah. coach. Buddy. I don't think there's a single good coach who has said something along those lines yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we'll see what happens there. But my 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 point is, Chris, is that if he signs a contract and the Sixers are saying we're not going to trade you right now, then you have to show up. Now, if the six, I think that, like I said, I think the Sixers should ask him not to show up because I don't want to see how much of a locker room cancer Ben Simmons because could be because i could honestly see that if it's true mm-hmm. that he's not responding to joel and beats phone calls and you know i could see a rumor mill maybe it's just one mm-hmm. phone call and the rumor mill made it multiple phone calls which you know makes it worse but well, even if well it's just on. one phone call and you don't call back your teammate that's that's kind of messed up well you're right i will say this tyrese Maxey in, a, in an interview after the summer league game did say that he talks to ben on a regular basis he said that yeah, yeah he anyway. did say that like, look, with Joel, we can debate on the merits of that statement, but, like, the narrative has been for a while that Joel threw him under the bus in the post-game press conference. When, Like, of course, that was a turning point in the game. Like, like totally warranted comment from Joel. But, I mean, a lot of people read it as him throwing Ben under the bus. So, like, that's a thing we have to consider. Like, if Ben read it that way, then he's probably kind of ticked off at Joel. Like, but wouldn't you want to confront somebody versus just ignore them? Or maybe that's just – maybe that maybe, – maybe that's just how Ben is. Maybe he's non-confrontational. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that's how it is. And we can speculate on, like, Ben's personality all we want. But, like, like there are two sides of the story, of course. Um we can talk about Colin Cowherd too, um, who accused Simmons of playing the victim. Is that a stance you agree with, Lucas? Do you think that's where Ben is at right now? Um, I don't think he's. I mean, I can't. I don't know. That's the answer. I don't know because we haven't heard from Ben. That's that's how I'm going to address that. I don't know. Does the perception of these reports make it seem like he's playing the victim? yeah kind of but like you said he does have a valid reason to but in long short is until we hear from ben i don't know and i know that's a cop-out but that is if if we're going off the reports then maybe but these reports are not really solid enough for me to think one way or the other i think he's just done i think he's done with the sixers that's how i well here's the thing let me jump in here so when damian Lillard was playing in the olympics 
He's across the world. Literally, he's across the globe. And he knows his name is swirling around all these rumors. And he doesn't want to be in Portland. What does he do? He's a he's an all-star. He comes out and he puts the rumors to bed because he has he has cojones to be like, let me shut it down. Even if he's just saving face and he's trying to keep the peace with his people in Portland, he came out and he spoke up. Ben didn't do it. He hasn't come out yet. What does that tell you? No, 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 no. Damien's in his 30s and Ben is a young 24, 25 year old guy that has making a hundred and how many million? But that does not show maturity. Dame's mature. Ben obviously lacks in some of those areas. That's a good point. I'll give you the maturity part. But as a competitor and and someone who strives to get better, like a Kobe or, or, or even a LeBron, it's like, hey, come out and just own it. Just own it. Don't put it on anybody else. Just own it. Well, I mean, the guy we all wanted to trade Ben for 10 months ago was actively asking out at every press conference and then played 10 games at half speed for Houston. So, like, people ask for trades all the time. It's not a new thing. Even Furkan asked asked for a trade at one point. If we want to talk oh, about Oh, I remember. I remember that. That's true. That was hilarious. If we want to talk about not <laughs> quite understanding your place in the organization, we can talk about Furkan's trade request. That's a good well, I, I will say this. I don't – I don't – because we haven't heard from Ben yet, nothing's for certain, but I will say this. If there's one – the Sixers front office might actually be able – to salvage this relationship and it's not going to be doc rivers it's not going to be daryl Morey. it's going to be elden brand oh, elden brand was oh, the one that paid whoa, whoa. you're gonna Mail have to it. elaborate on that one buddy well think about it. elden brand was the one that gave ben his big extension elden brand you know chose was part of that front office that chose ben over jimmy butler for better for worse God. <laughs> I mean, don't get Chris started. Don't get him. And I don't agree with that assessment. But if there's one guy that seems to have Ben Simmons back, it's going to be Elton Brand. Uh Yeah. And and maybe, maybe that's why Elton was stuck, you know, kept around because Maury's more of a numbers guy and Elton's definitely a relationships type of guy. So, you know, maybe Elton can I'm not saying that they should try to save it I think it's time for him to go but if they if they don't want to trade him then maybe you have Elton talk to him Chris I I cut you off I'm sorry I uh-huh. we didn't get your take on whether or not you agree that you're good Simmons yeah is look, being a victim even if Ben has like an inflated sense of self and doesn't have the awareness to understand the full extent of his shortcomings as a player that doesn't mean he's Playing the victim. Like, again, with the last answer, I sort of tipped my hand. He has, like, a reason not to want to come back. That's pretty Mm -hmm. valid. And, like, generally speaking, I'm not, like, going to Colin Coward for life advice. So, (laughs) I don't think you can say he's playing the victim with, like, any form of sincerity at this point. So, I I would say no. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to lead more towards I just don't know. And let's talk about Uriah's favorite player, Matisse Leibel. No, now, Matisse, you always have to label him my favorite guy. Is he not? Is he not? Is easy. Listen, every podcast that I'm not here, you guys make it a point to bring it up. 
<laughs> and I feel like a fanboy, like a, like some stand. Are, are you? Are you? Are you, are you not a fanboy? Are you not a fanboy? You when you don't say that you do, but are you not a fanboy? I'm a big fan of Batista. Okay, but... okay, that's it. That's it. But We're you don't acknowledging... have to label him. You don't have to label no, but, but, him. But, but, but here's player. the thing: you're this is a fan-sided podcast. We are fans. We are excited about our players. Like we always talk about B Paul, Paul, and Chris. Yeah. We always talk about me and Maxie. Okay. Like we do it, not it, talk it, about you and Maxie. Okay. Well, me you and should. Uriah are in a special group. <laughs> with B-ball, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think Lucas, you're not, you, you don't lean heavy for any player, but Chris is, he's definitely B Ball, Paul, pro, and I'm Matisse pro. But have I not said that I think Maxie should be starting and just could, recently? Like, like this, no, like no, 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 no. I have been saying that since like near the end of last year. Okay. Um, I might okay. have to go through the sure. archives, Chris. You can go know. through the archives. <laughs> Tape don't lie. Riot has been hurt. <laughs> but anyway, let's let's get back to the subject at hand, which is Uriah's favorite player, Matisse Leibel. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about how integral part he was to Australia's bron- uh, bronze uh, medal run in the Olympics. And Chris, is this the season that Thibault finally breaks out on both sides of the ball? Which is hard to believe because he's already broken out on the defensive end, but even more so as a two-way player. I mean, look, I've said it in the past. I'm not counting on him to like come into camp spraying threes at a 40% clip or anything. As far as like a breakout goes, he's probably going to have the same role next year. Like Danny's back. He's not going to be in the starting five when the season starts. If he plays super well and Danny takes a step back and Ben gets traded for a guy who can shoot, does maybe, maybe do we see Matisse start at some point? Sure. that That's very possible. But um, I, I think right now he's pretty much like a star in his role kind of guy where he plays 20, 25 minutes a night and he just defends the heck out of the ball for 20 to 25 minutes a night. That's kind of the extent of his contributions. And that's fine. Like he's a really good player as is. Um, I mean, it's super cool that he won a bronze medal. That was really fun to see for the entire Australian team because that's been a long time coming. But And Ben wasn't there for it. Sorry, had to say it. Yeah, um, but like, I don't know. Well, it's like wait and see. I don't know if we can just say right off the bat he's definitely going to have a breakout year or anything. Yeah, I'm going to take the same approach as you because I think unless Danny takes a step back and Thibault becomes a cons- like 38 to 40% three-point shooter on high volume, it's probably not going to happen this season. Uh, probably still same amount of minutes per game. Um like I think a Ben Simmons trade, if he stays after a Ben Simmons trade, which I I seriously doubt. I think he's going to have to be the other main point there because he's outside of Ben Simmons. I think and Joel Embiid. Mm, no. Uriah, I know you no. don't. You don't. I know you don't There's want him no to go. Way but... they're giving up. They're giving up Maxi before Thibel. Mm, I'm sorry. They they would probably opinion. want to do that. But let's be real. I if you're if your team. Would you rather have Maxi or Thibel? I would rather have Thibel because he's already an established elite defender in this a top Guys, ten defender in this league. I think yes. they would really regret keeping Thibel over Maxi if that's the truth. What? Yeah. Oh. I, I. Oh. Wow. Okay. All right. I. I. Yeah. All right. I'm good. 
I'm all I, I, in the I, corner I, over here. I'm all right. Yeah, because like lighting my candle. You're right. I know you want to keep Thibel, but here's the thing: he's more valuable right now than Maxi as a trade piece. I don't. He, think is. he is. It depends I on the team. If the team, if the team needs a point guard, a real point guard, not Ben, because Ben would be a power forward, then they'll they'll value Maxi over Thibel. Depends on who who has more wings. Look, I I don't know. I, like I Maxie, said, I, Maxi has the potential to be like a number one or two guy offensively in the right situation. That's on an on a, cha- on a on a playoff caliber team, Chris. I don't know. He's twenty. Like he could get there. He he's showing a clear potential for growth. Like he oh, improved gosh. a whole lot in one. Chris, year. you're you're speaking words to me that I love too much. It's very <laughs> possible. Like Maxi is a better prospect. I think he's a more valuable trade asset right now. And generally speaking, unless you're like a Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons level defender, it's much more valuable to have like a go-to offensive player than a really elite defender. Who led the Olympics in steals this year out of all the teams in the Olympics? I'm going to guess oh, Matisse yeah. Thibel. Matisse okay. Thibel. And he didn't even play. He played, what, 24 minutes or something like that? I think you guys are underestimating the defensive impact that Matisse Thibel will have on the Sixers. I'm not saying Tyrese is not valuable, but I think – I think you will regret trading him over Max. Okay, so let, let me make sure we're all. Uh, I understand our pages. I'm saying that I think Mac uh, Thibel is a more valuable trade piece. Chris is saying Maxi is, but you he would try to trade Thibel before Maxi. Well, and you're saying you and you're saying Uri that you think Thibel is the better player to be kept at all cost. Yes, yes. Okay. I think that Thibel should be kept. Though I love Maxi, I love Maxi. If we're going to get Damian Lillard in here and it requires him, I would rather give him up and Ben and keep Thibel. I'll say this. Like, there's a lot of value, like value just inherently in someone who's as good defensively as Thibel. I think it's possible that he's a higher valuable value player than Maxi. Like, that's that can't happen. But to be at, like at the true, true, top of like the league you have to be good on both ends mm-hmm. there's more valuable i can't speak for some reason there's more value in a player who can do a whole lot on offense and is a average defender than a guy who can do a whole lot on defense but is an actively bad offensive player which is what cyber is right now like there's no way around it he could get better his, his three point percentage went up in the last two weeks okay but he's a bad offensive player right now and, like, the thing about, like, Rudy Gobert and Ben Simmons and these defensive player of the year, they're playing 36 minutes a night because they can contribute on offense. Like, the extent of those contributions isn't up there with, like, the Kyries and the LeBrons, but they're good offensive players, broadly speaking. And until Thibel gets to a point where he's an actively good offensive player, it's hard for me to imagine his ceiling, like, crossing what Maxi's is right now as a potential go-to playmaker Okay, so you're talking, you're not talking currently, you're talking about long-term projections. I'm talking about currently, because if I'm Portland, I'm trying to get somebody to help me currently to stay in the playoff hunt. If I'm trading Damian Lillard and not completely going for a rebuild. And that would be Maxi. Well, that would be Maxi. No, if no, up, I, no, if you're giving up Lillard, who is the point guard, you need another you turn, point you guard. Make, no, yeah. you make CJ the point guard. You make well, CJ McCollum. No. Portland is not going to trade Dame and not rebuild. That. I don't think they're that dumb. Then maybe they are. 
Uh, well, Maxi is a second-year player. Ben is only 24 years old. If He's an all-star, traded, and they'll probably get some picks. It. They'll probably get some picks, and like with another team involved. Yeah, look, I, I think Thibault, you could argue is probably the better player right now. But like Maxi's mm-hmm. more important to what this to the Sixers, I think, as far as what they need with yeah. Ben on the roster. If they swap Ben for Dame then maybe it swings the other way. But right now, the Sixers don't have a lot of guards who can dribble and put pressure on the rim and create for others and get to their spots. Like, that's something that they've lacked for a long time. And it's a particularly valuable skill in the modern NBA. Maxie has it. That's a great point, Chris. I will will give you that point. I will ask you to retort on this point. If you're getting rid of Ben Simmons, who is – like runner-up to defensive player of the year, our best starting wing defender. And we also give up our second best wing defender, who's like the potential to be defensive player of the year in Thibel. Then Maxi staying is just a, a, a big, uh, like a chink in our armor with our defense, just with just Embiid anchoring the middle. You have nobody on the, on the wings to defend. Yeah. I mean, look, if you, if the trade has been Cybol and picks for Lillard, you're probably gonna have to go out and make another move and try to get a like a bigger wing who could defend a couple spots. Like bring back Rocco, I'm assuming. Yeah, like bring Rocco would be an yeah, option, yeah. but you'd also need to go out and get like a really good on ball defender because that's not what Rocco is. Right. So I mean, they, there there aren't too many great on ball defenders that you can just pick up off the street though, or even in a trade for yeah, you know but something. Like, You'd have to maneuver around. I agree. And frankly, if, there's a good chance you have to give up both to get Lillard because he's Damian freaking Lillard. Yeah, you, to be realistic, yeah. Unless you want to mortgage your draft future, you're going to have to give up both. And even then, you I, still might have, to, have draft. to give up both and mortgage or the if draft you, future. Or if you get another team involved, stop underestimating a third or a fourth team. It, it can happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it depends Look on what like, happened if with the... Andrew Bynum and Igadala, like. 12 years ago that was a crazy 14 deal it could happen i i I love how you say those two but don't bring up dwight because he was the main reason why that trade happened in the first place absolutely right you're absolutely right (laughs) Dwight howard was the centerpiece of that yeah but uh no no i get what you're saying though because those were the two sixers involved anyway um well i I just want to say this like maxi i agree with you lucas maybe not on the same timeline you I've been pretty vocal about Maxi like making a super big jump next year, but like all star potential, definitely. Like he's oh yeah, definitely yeah yeah yeah. He could be the Sixers like second or third score within a season or two. I think that's very possible. Like he's a very good player. He's let me let me ask best players from his draft, Mm -hmm. and I think that kind of upside is just more valuable than a negative value offensive player. As good as Seibel is defensively, he's a stud. I love Matisse. He's a great person to have around the team. Uh, yeah, and all I'm saying is right now, Thibel's value is more valuable than Maxi at this moment. Now, that could change once the season begins. But I don't right think now, Portland is going to view a rebuild. Like, I think you can build a team around Maxi better than you can build the team around Thibel. Of course, of course. No, that's, no, that's, that's some really good logic right there, Chris. Yeah, okay. That Okay, well, then I will agree with you there. I'm just saying if, like, well, you're not building around those two. You're building around Ben. You're building around Ben, right, exactly. Yeah. But, no. So Who would I want next to Ben? It's Maxi. Okay, okay, hard. fair enough. Well, like, well, I the thing is, 
I think CJ could be the lead guard there if they decide to go that route. I don't think they will, but they could. And they still got Anthony Simons, I think, who still has potential. Who knows? Um, but no, um, you said something interesting, Chris. You think that you think possibly this season, if not next season, Maxi could be the number two or three scorer on this team. Does that mean you think he has more potential as a scorer than uh, Tobias Harris? Hmm. Uh, well, I mean, not next season, like not this upcoming season, but yeah. in the near future, if he's the main ball handler, if that's how this plays out to where we end up with Maxi as the lead ball handler, he's going to get his fair, you know, he's going to get quite a few opportunities to put the ball in the hole. Like that's just. So what, what do you think his points per game, uh, his absolute prime, he gets, you know, he develops into the score we think he can be. What's his average per game? I, I, I don't know. That's like so situationally dependent. It depends yeah. on who else is on the team, what they're trying to do. But I, I would say about 22 points per game if I had to put a number on it. Tobias? No, 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 no. Maxi. No, I, With I know. Tobias saying, on like, the team? Tobias is averaging 20 a game. No. Yeah. In, in three or four years, could Maxi give you 20 a game? That That's probably. I think that's. Possible. Tobias would have to be gone for him to get 22 points a game. I don't think so. Because no, because you, no, you, you still have Curry. You still have well, Danny guys, Green. And, Danny and Green's B, not going to be on the team in four or five years. All right. Well, Embiid still <laughs> needs his touches. Yeah. I, 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 I think Maxi has the potential to be the second best player on this team. That's what I offensively. think. I think offensively, Max, offensively, yes. Because yes. I, think, I think by the time he, in like, let's say three years, Harris is going to be 31. He's going to be 31. Joel's going to be 30. Joel's, you know, he's still going to be dominant, but do we really think he's going to be averaging near 30 points a game by the time he's 30 with the mileage he has on his body? No, I think probably more like 26, 25 is reasonable to expect. Um, I mean, Harris is in his prime right now. But yeah. I don't know if that's going to sustain in when he's like 31, 32. Right. I, I don't think Harris is like should be viewed as like a core piece of the future. If they can trade Harris for a couple of good players and not have to give up draft picks, I think Maury does that in a heartbeat. Like I don't think Harris is locked and sealed the number two score next to him. Beach I, I'm not saying that he should be. I'm just saying as the team currently is constructed. I'm just going off that that premise. I think in about three to four years – that's possible, guys. I think he could average around 22 points a game because Harris is going to drop off a little bit. Joel's probably going to drop off just to conserve himself for the playoffs, if nothing else. Well, let's pray that that's the reason why he drops off. And assuming that Damian Lillard's not on the team, right? you know, 22 points per game. I mean, the guy dropped four, uh, 39, uh, you know, his first start as a rookie. He did have a couple 20-point games as a starter, during near the end of the regular season, right. I, I think it's there. So, if you guys have been watching Damian Lillard's Instagram, then you saw the story that he posted, and it's a picture and Matisse Thibel taking pictures with their medals af- after the Olympics. It's pretty cool. I think he only took picture with one other player, and I can't remember who that is, but Batum. It was Nick Batum, Nick. who was his former teammate back in Portland. And so that's pretty big. That seems pretty big to me. 
Um, Chris, what are you, what are your thoughts on it? Um, you know, I don't think that's like a sign that he wants to go to Philly or anything. I think that's just reading a little too far into it. Like, is it like, does it mean that he and Matisse have talked and maybe like struck up a friendship? Sure. But I don't know if the main recruiting force in Philly's attempts to get Dame, if he asks out, is going to be like Matisse Thibel. I I don't, I don't think that's going to put them over the edge. So it's probably just the guy who was in the area with a camera around. Go get him, Matisse. Go get him. Recruit. Go get him. Chris, (laughs) you're wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. I'm sorry. (laughs) I couldn't help it. It, It's just so apparent. The, the, The caption says, that's all folks. Look at what AD had on with his T-shirt the last time he played for the Pelicans. It said, that's all, folks. All this cryptic stuff. Yet another picture with uh, Lillard, and he was dribbling on the, the logo for the, the Blazers, and who was defending him? Oh, Ben Simmons. Oh, my goodness. It's so clear. Lillard wants to come to Philly. Now, I'm not saying it's because of Matisse Thibel. I just think he knows that. Portland has not done their due diligence to bring players to make them a championship contender. Gosh, Portland has really dropped the ball, and I feel bad. They and did get Tony Snell. You guys said it. Oh, in the last could, podcast. oh yeah, they got because him you know Tony, Tony Snell. Snell. Watch out! Could, Watch could, out! Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. But that's all, folks. Is right next to an emoji of the gold medal, and most of those pictures are like him throwing up a peace sign or drinking champagne. I. Hey Chris, I how many how be... many how many Olympic players, NBA players, played in the Olympics? Dozens, right? He posted yeah. two pictures of him and two other players. One was a former teammate, and one is a future teammate. Well, guys, the, there were only four teams left in the finals. They didn't play Slovenia, so there wasn't really any crossing paths with Luca. Australia has like Matisse, Patty Mills, and Joe Ingles, and Dante Exum. And then it's Team USA. It's not like there's a sea of players at the medal ceremony. Chris, but, team but USA, why? Like five. Why guys. not? Why not take a picture with KD? Why not take a picture he with Sam? No, 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 no. But he didn't post them to his personal no, account. No, he did. The same Twitter, the same Instagram post has a picture of him and KD, him and Bam Adebayo, uh, him and Draymond. Like, not in the thread there, that I saw. Not the thread that I saw. Okay, you, I, you no, might no, be right. But... I have it okay. up in front of me. The <laughs> okay. KD picture is before <laughs> you get to the Thibault picture. It's ahead of the Thibault picture. I'm looking look, at the Thibault, right now. Thibault is holding a sunflower. Look at that. That means something. We got to look that up. What does that mean? What I'm is the sim- sure symbolism like... of a sunflower? What does that mean? <laughs> I'm not the person to ask. But... I... <laughs> You know, it could be something. It could be nothing. We don't really know for sure. I mean, Sixers fans are going to read it as, oh, well, you know, you know, Damian wants to come or, you know, Matisse is recruiting. We don't know. We don't know. Hopefully he's not the one doing the recruiting. The person that should be doing the recruiting is Joel Embiid. He has to do it. I, you know, this could just be some off-season fun that Dame could just be doing the mess with us fans because who knows. Or maybe he meant nothing yeah. by it. Who, who knows? Who knows? But that it's is- fun to speculate. That's the part of being yes. a fan. You speculate. So, yes. you know, it could, be, it could be something. It could be nothing. But it's fun to speculate, <laughs> and it gives us something to talk about. Yes. Speculating is fun. 
It is funny. Yeah. And it I... something is the overstatement of the year. <laughs> and ha- it, these guys do definitely like know how to like poke fun <laughs> at fans. Like you're right. Very you're right. rarely are, is a social media post from an NBA player with like an emoji or something like a serious tweet. Not mm-hmm. unless you're Eric Bledsoe sitting in the barbershop. Oh, <laughs> why did you I have to bring that up? Here. Why did I don't want to be here. Twitter. Why? Why do you guys keep on bringing that up? You know that's a painful memory for me when I was covering the Suns. <laughs> that was not a fun thing to write about. Gosh, the hatred. Yeah, <sighs> look, sunflowers. Hey. I'm looking it up on Google. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure the whole Australian hey, team is probably carrying the same thing. Hey okay. Siri, what do sunflowers mean? <laughs> I don't hear Siri. Wait, hold on. Let me try it again. Hold on. Hey Siri, what symbolism do sunflowers have? Here's an answer from whatsyoursign.com. In Native American symbolism, the sunflower is used in late summer festivals as a symbol of bounty, harvest, and provision. Harvest? Harvest? Oh my God! Batista's harvesting players to the Sixers. All right, and on, on that note, while your eyes uh, series still going, I think Chris, it's time for you to play us out because this this is getting out of hand. <laughs> all right. Well, in the great spirit of the sunflower, thanks to all our listeners <laughs> for tuning in to another week's episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. As always, if you can, please subscribe. Leave a rating. Give us a review. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, or you can listen at our website, thesixersense.com. We will be back in the future with more Summer League talk, more free agent trade talk, whatever happens with Ben. I'm sure we're not done talking about him. Uh, So keep tuning in. We post twice a week, as always. And we will see you guys at the beginning of next week, um, potentially with some exciting guests. So stay tuned. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.